When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We are estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven women that are killing it in life. And they deserve to be celebrated. So on this podcast, we're gonna be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and then in between those interview episodes, we'll be doing segments where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be (laughs) chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s and just learning more about one another because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun and we We have a super multicultural community and we kind of think that you might too. So why not talk all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Hell yes. Um, Also, we'll be answering listener questions. So make sure to write to us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys. So let's jump into the show. Bye. Chan, I I don't know what else do I say. Do I say like I'm 34 years old? <laughs> I live in Manhattan. Like this is like online dating, I and I work for Target in product development. So basically, that oh, just cool. means like creating private label beauty products for Target. So cool. That's awesome. Yes, and sounds fun. Okay, so Liz and I know each other because we went to Parsons together way back in the day. Like, back, back, back in the day, Jesus. And we came back in contact with each other because the world is super small. The world of beauty, anyway. Look at those brows. Her brows are banging. I started doing those bad boys. But also, you know Lillian. Lillian Tung. Yes. Yes. Lillian Tung. And of fur. Of fur, yes. Who Alex and I oh, interviewed. I didn't, know that, I didn't know you ladies knew each other. Maybe you told me, but I, I don't remember. I kind of, I slipped it in there, but it wasn't like the main... Liz moment the main Liz moment was that you're that you're hilarious and she was just like bring her in it's secondary that you also know Lillian (laughs) yeah no I think I reached out to you on Instagram maybe you maybe Lillian maybe both but I was like saw that you guys had like collaborated on something and then I was like oh like how do you how do you guys know each other and then I was like what a small world I used to work with Lillian at L'Oreal so that's like that's how we kind of like all intermingle together yeah yeah I feel like the L'Oreal world is small big but small a lot of people seem to know each other from definitely it sounds like everyone in your industry also has worked there at some point 
For sure. For sure. I think the beauty industry in general is really small. And then on top of that, it's like your time at L'Oreal, it's like kind of like a, a boot camp. Mm-hmm. So it's like you really go through hell and back. So like I think when you work there, like your colleagues basically become like more than just your colleagues, like they're like your friends because you've gone through so much together of like pulling late nights, like, you know, pulling together like last minute presentations and whatnot. So Yeah, it's so cool. Okay, so I'm excited to speak with Liz today because well, I guess last Saturday was Mental Health World Awareness Day. And this week's episode, we're going to do a fun beauty school episode. And mental health is something that we certainly don't talk about that much in the black community. And I've been hearing a lot from my Asian friends and from my Asian clients that it's something that isn't really discussed so much in your community. And now that we're in this great cultural revolution, everybody's talking and we're all just kind of like sharing war stories, I guess, and like battle wounds of like growing up in racist America (laughs) and all of the ways that it affects us, essentially, whether we know or whether we don't know. Yeah. So I was excited to have Liz come on and just kind of chat about that period because we kind of started to speak about this when you were in the shop recently. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some synergies between Black communities and Asian communities in terms of mental health, just because, I mean... Obviously, I'm only speaking from my experience, but I've also heard from just like friends. I think in the Asian community, especially if your parents immigrated here, you just like don't talk about feelings because I think, you know, I think part of it is also like to no fault of our parents, but they since they've immigrated here, they're just trying to survive. And yeah. I think, you know, sometimes the emotional and mental well-being can kind of take a back seat because it's like uh we need to get food on the table and like keep the lights on yeah okay yesterday i won't go into too much detail of this person's private information but i had a client yesterday whose parents immigrated here from china and um she literally said exactly what you just said basically she was talking about her parents marriage and how she was like my mom should have left a long time ago but like that's not an option to her you know it's kind of like nope financially this is what we have to do we have to stay together and that's just that doesn't matter if i'm happy or not And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's really sad, you know, and I think that even with my mom, I've certainly had conversations with her because, you know, I don't think my parents had like a picture perfect marriage. And I've asked her very openly, like, why did you guys stay married? Like if you were so miserable and you guys were like fighting so much and she just basically said the same thing. She's just like, what was I going to do? Like leave with my two children on my like blue collar dry cleaning salary, like we would have been living in like worse than poverty, like not surviving or thriving. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's also something really interesting my sister-in-law said to me about, you know, in conversations with her mom, she's just like talking about how stressed she was about like being in school. And her mom just wrote back and was like, being depressed and being stressed is a luxury. Mm-hmm. So like it just kind of frames the picture of like oh. how emotional well-being and mental health is just like not accepted or thought of Mm -hmm. or like given a space for right well we're also a very it's very much like a millennial thing to talk about so many feelings right and to be so open about all of our feelings and to be so understanding yes that everybody's entitled to feel this way and what have you, which is a luxury. And it's interesting because it's like, I would imagine that your parents moved here so that you kind of could have that, the luxury of 
feeling yeah exactly with stressful life they just i would imagine didn't think that it would show up in the way that it does now with like talking about your feelings like you were saying it's just it's a culture shock i would imagine like your parents are raising american kids even though they are korean so yeah it's it's kind of like we speak to a lot of people that have immigrant backgrounds and i never want to pretend like i understand the immigrant experience or that i am an immigrant but there's a lot of similarities in terms of you know being an oppressed person and your parents working so hard to give you so much and then they turn around and like you're saying you're not entitled to feel these things because we had to walk you know three <laughs> three miles in the snow and up a hill both ways with no shoes and <laughs> you know all of these things so what do you mean you're sad but yeah. for sure and I also think that like the very few times and this is definitely like a work in progress of like where I am today in my relationship with my parents and trying to like open up some of that discussion and dialogue, which is, I think, terrifying for me. And I think for them, it's very, I met with like a lot of like, well, we provided you like a warm home and food on the table and you went to school and that's why you have the life that you have now. So what more do you want? Like, what, what are you complaining to me about? You know? So it's like, I would say very closed off from talking about feelings or emotions or like mental well-being right but it's also interesting because I think when you look at some of this is like going a little bit side to side tangent but I do think like even in Korea the new generation of like millennials and Gen Zers like when you look at Korean pop culture and like some of like the Netflix like Korean TV shows like you start to hear them talk about and address even in the TV shows about mental health. Cause I also think like statistically, I mean, I'm a little talking out of my ass, but if I'm correct, there's like a very high rate of suicide in Korea. So I think it's like something that they're like starting to wake up to Mm -hmm. in terms of like, this is a problem. Like people shouldn't be dying and taking their own lives. Right. So you and I spoke sort of briefly about the expectations that Asian parents put on their children to, succeed and to do well in school and like mediocrity isn't you know even an option and as an outsider looking in I always felt like that's such a great way to structure your community just like make sure that you guys are the best so that you're always sort of like set up for life and can succeed and can give back and I'm hearing from a lot of friends that are our age how damaging that kind of was mentally like just how much pressure that put on you understandably, right? Now that we're adults and you can kind of, yeah. you know a little bit about the world. And so just kind of curious what your experience was, if you can even relate to that at all. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I shouldn't say such a generalized statement, but I would say like agree with that statement of, you know, I think Asian immigrant parents come here with nothing. So they want more for their children. So I don't think like the sentiment is rooted in anything negative or bad, but I, unfortunately I think like the execution of how it comes out comes out in sometimes really damaging ways and I also think that unfortunately you know I think when you come here as an immigrant success looks like money Mm -hmm. a job stability like the American dream and I think that you know success can have like not to sound like a complete millennial or gen z but i think that like success can look like a lot of different things you know i and it depends on the person and i think that that definition is not widely accepted by my immigrant parents you know right yeah i mean i think that it's just it's only been so recent that 
there's so many different ways to make money, right? Or that you can figure things out from like the internet, right? Like Google, the Google University, there's so much you can learn just by Googling if you choose to. And speaking from, you know, minority parents, like education was so important in our family. And the reason that I went to Parsons and not some other school was because my parents were like, no, this is a reputable design school. If this is truly the route that you want to take, we're going to make sure that you're set up to do this like creative life with a good foundation with like, you know, a bachelor's in business administration and and what have you. But yeah, education is kind of like the way to change social status, right? I mean, until recently anyway. To break out of the caste system, I think. Yeah, for sure. I think unfortunately though, you know, like we were talking about this um, at the store, like it definitely, there's a cost attributed to it that's not accessible to everyone. And I do think like being at Parsons definitely had, I think, like, like I don't think your parents were wrong in wanting you to go to Parsons, you know, regardless of whether or not I like you wanted to go or not go. I think they were right in wanting that for you just because, you know, I think it affords you network. Totally. It affords you doors opening to like certain places. Totally. You know? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we were speaking with Shantae, another guest who, um, oh, you probably know about her, Black Girl Sunscreen, carried at Target. Oh my God, no, I don't. Oh my but gosh. I will look. <laughs> you will look you will look her up. Shante Lundy. But she's from Newburgh, went upstate to like a SUNY school, but she was surrounded by yeah. Cornell and yeah. uh, Syracuse and these these schools that had like real names behind them. And she was just like, not that I didn't have a good experience at school, but I wish that I had known sort of like the impact that names have with them for networking, for like people just saying, Oh, just opening doors, period. Just opening doors, period, is like... For sure. Yeah, 100%. It's like you basically pay for those yeah. doors to be open. Yes. Like, it, that's like your, like, entrance fee. Yes, but I think that that's something that Asian families know. And, I mean, maybe any immigrant family, because I've heard also, like, African people saying this, that, like, oh, my parents own... They're like, you have to go to Yale or you have to go to Harvard because those are the names that we know and those are the names that are recognizable and that will bring, you know, like... Um, that's how you'll get reputation money. to our family, but also that's how you get money. Yeah. And I think that's also something that like Asian parents obviously know very well too, is like, it isn't just going to school, it's going to the right school. Yeah. But I also think, you know, obviously like the Asian parent formula for success is also very linear. You know, mm. it doesn't take into account a lot of other things like, do you have ambition or passion for what you're doing? Obviously, it's like you could not go to school like Bill Gates and be completely successful. It's just success for Bill Gates is, you know, that might not be somebody else's definition of success. So I think it's interesting. But I do think like going back to kind of the conversation about like, is that damaging? For sure, it's damaging because I think you're essentially just like putting someone in a box of like, this is where you should live. And just like in this space of, you know, I think it's like, all Asian parents want their kids to be like a doctor, a lawyer, like something very reputable, but also like at the same time, reliable. Totally. Um, And I think anything that kind of is off, veers off that course, I think makes Asian parents kind of nervous, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would make (laughs) me nervous too. Do you know what I mean? Like my lifestyle is absurd. Like the way that I live and like my in-laws when they, ask about how my partner and I are doing, they're just shocked by 
do you know how I guess like not what does your stepmom say? Non-traditional, our non-traditional no, alternative, our alternative lifestyles. You know, because we're kind of just like it's gonna be fine. We're in New York. We're entrepreneurs. We're gonna like do this, da da da. And like maybe it'll work out. Fingers crossed. We're working pretty hard that it will. But like maybe it won't. And that's fucking terrifying, especially if you like worked yeah. your entire life for your kids to get you know these opportunities that you couldn't even dream of having. So that's interesting. Yeah, anyway. for sure. Very much so. This is also interesting to me. I guess growing up, my family, I mean, they were very pro, like, go to therapy if you need it. Like, pretty open, I guess, about mental health. I don't think that's just because we're white people, because my parents, like, in general are not very progressive. No, I think it's a Jewish thing. <laughs> Maybe it's I think a it's Jew- like, I think it's like a neurotic A Long Island Jewish Jew thing. thing, yeah. Like, most Long Island <laughs> Jews, I think, are in therapy. But it's just so different. But I definitely felt the pressure of, like, having to do something successful, to make good money, but I guess a lot of people feel that way growing up in whatever your situation is. Maybe not as much so as you did or you did. Right. I don't think I could even compare myself. Well, especially after speaking to, like, Rushi, do you know what I mean? For my parents, it was always, like, education, but, like, do what you want to do. Like, a little bit flippant. Not flippant, but, like, freeing because their parents weren't really like that with them. Right. But I don't, I don't know that I could say the same for, like, most. And this, again, we're completely generalizing, but I think that... I couldn't compare my situation to the situations that I hear coming from my Asian friends, my Southeast Asian friends. It doesn't seem similar. I had this a client the other day, and she was fucking amazing, and she gave me so much hope for Gen Z. She's um, Chinese-American, grew up in Queens, the oldest daughter, you know, is going to uh, Yale to get to become a doctor. Whoa. Yeah, like, bad. Checking all those boxes check, off. Check, girl, checking all those boxes <laughs> off. Making mom and dad very happy. Very happy. And then she's like, you know, I'm also kind of an artist. And I was like, oh, will you show me your work? Her art girl was so fucking beautiful. I was like, Damn. you didn't make this online. Like, you hand... She does like, it was it super hyper-realistic. And it was so beautiful. But she was like, this is what I really want to do. And, like, she was like, how do you tell your parents that you don't want to live the life that they want you to live? And it was such an interesting question to me because I was like, girl, I don't know what that's like to have an entire community, an entire culture that's, like, rooting for you, that everybody is like, this is our girl. She's going to Yale. She's going to become a doctor. She's going to do all those things. Like, that's a lot to turn your back on and be like, well, I'm just going to be an artist instead. Oh, for sure. I also think that, like, if she were to turn her back on that, I also know a handful of people who didn't go the traditional route and there's like this like weird cultural shame mm. of like in surrounding communities so like I feel like for Korean immigrants we go to church and like that's kind of like where the community is rooted on and like I totally remember growing up and like as we were applying to schools and like all my friends like the moms would like get together and like compare the kids and just be like oh well my daughter's going here and my son's going here and da 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 but then it was like kind of shame like looked down upon and shameful if like you weren't going to college or you went to college and you dropped out where you know I think like our generation we kind of know like college is not a path for necessarily like everybody a hundred percent I know it's kind of cool actually out of my like close-knit friend group in high school there were I would say five of us and three of us didn't graduate college and I think that's pretty telling of like where we are nowadays as far as like our generation and how like all three of us do well we 
probably make just as much money as our other friends in our group who did go to college. But to me, it's like a new thing, you know? It's a very new thing. And even people who, you know, are like, oh, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to own my own business. Like, I think there's definitely a romanticization about, like, working for yourself and going the non-traditional route, especially right now. And so I think a lot more people are sort of trying to go for it. But you're absolutely right. It's more acceptable. And it's more fun. It is. And it's pretty cool. But for so long, I was so, like, ashamed I guess, especially when you're in your early 20s and people are asking you, oh, where are you going to school? Or like, where did you just graduate from? Actually, I thought I wouldn't have to deal with that shit anymore because I'm in my 30s and college was 10 years ago. But Oh my God, never, never ends. Never Not ends. Never. Never no. ends. But like eight months ago or so, I was at a friend's, pre-COVID of course, at a friend's bridal shower and on Long Island. And my best friend and I are at a table with like a bunch of Long Island yentas, older, like in their... <laughs> 50s and 60s. I love the term yenta. And from across the fucking room, this woman is just, she was, at first I was like, oh, she's sweet. She's just being really nosy with me and my best friend. Maybe because we didn't live on Long Island. We're like the other, you know. I do not like nosy questions with an agenda. So nosy. (laughs) And so she's like asking us all these questions like, oh, about our husbands, about where we live and how long we've lived in Brooklyn and blah, blah, blah. And then... I couldn't believe she asked this question, knowing we're already in our 30s. Who fucking cares where we went to school? I thought it was so weird. She's like, so where did you Wanna guys know your go to SAT college? Score. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Imagine. I was just making She would have loved to have known. Point. She would have loved to have known. So she's asking us about college, like where we graduated from. Me and my best friend, neither of us graduated college. Hey, and, power to you guys. Right? But now we're older, so we're proud of it. And when I told her that I left college to go to esthetician school, she was like, oh, that's so nice. And then was like, oh, are you still doing that stuff? As though I, like, dropped out to go to esthetician school for fucking fun. And then now I'm, like, just working, I don't know, doing nothing. So weird. But just, I just wanted to say that because it's still, there's still this emphasis on, like, what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And when you don't do it, especially to certain people who have followed that path in life of the things you're supposed to do, it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. God, this woman annoyed – my best friend was not as annoyed by it as I was. I talked about it for days. This no, woman- I don't blame you. <laughs> hey, you're still talking about it. Right? So. Exactly. But listen, I feel like it's like sometimes you just have to talk about it. And, like, I'm reading this really great book where the woman was like – not expressing things, not saying it equals depression. So it's like, totally. If you have to I'm say not it until you, t- I've tossed it into the ground. I mean, but like, or like, if you just need to get it off your chest, you need to like get it the fuck off your chest, you yes, know? Totally. And if that means like talking about it, then like, yeah. you know, talk totally, about it. Cause totally. I also think that there's a part of that, which is like the shame or whatever that she was trying to make you feel yes, about the choices yeah. you made. I think when you talk about those things, like out in the open, you take power away from her yes, and what she was totally. trying to imply and say. Yeah. She had to tell us. And meanwhile, 40 years later has to tell us that she went to NYU for acting. And I was just like, Oh, cool. well that's why girl, she's not doing that. <laughs> she's not acting. How many people who went to NYU for acting are, she's not living her dream. She's not living. She her didn't want, she didn't win an Oscar. She didn't get exactly. a, a, a Golden Globe. Yeah. yeah. It was very she interesting. Still on Long Island. But it's just so interesting that there's still this emphasis on, like, 
okay, maybe it doesn't matter what you're doing now, but did you do all the things you're supposed to do? Did you go to yeah. the good college? Did you, you know, move back to Long Island to raise your family? Did you do... Did you get married? Are you married yet? Did right. you have kids? Thank, yes. thank God both of us are married. So <laughs> yes. it was like the one thing she couldn't talk shit on. But, um, well, no, especially with social media. I'm so happy I never had a personal Instagram. It's always been for business. So I really never looked on there or got caught up in it. Especially because, you know, we came of age. Like, do you remember being freshmen? Freshmen. Remember being freshmen? <laughs> freshmen? And, like, we That's just got Facebook. Facebook, yes. We were like, guys, we got Facebook. It's brand new. Oh, you haven't heard about it. It's you like had to be a college only. student. Remember, you mm-hmm. had to have a college. Oh, email. yeah. We were one of the first right after NYU, I remember. But because of that, I feel like we weren't, we're, we're an age, like, we know what life was like pre social media. So. Like, I don't fall... Like, FOMO, I've never really experienced or seeing what other people are doing and thinking, like, oh, my God, their life is so much better. Like, to me, it's always been very obvious that it's curated. But I think also because we live in New York, so we just maybe have a more realistic view of life, which doesn't sound fair. But I think it does because it's like... I don't know. I can look at that picture and I know that it took you 20 times to get that image. I know you didn't just do it the first time. (laughs) Yeah, wait. But also, to be fair, I think a lot of that is, like us going to school yes. and like taking like fucking art classes with yes. like sun design and <laughs> photoshop Honestly. and like knowing like the lie that yes. they are selling you yes you know like totally. even in advertising yeah you know? girl advertising it's works so, so well it drives me fucking crazy when i'm just like i think i'm gonna go have a coke right now right after you see the commercial that's what's even worse is like knowing when that it's working shit, yeah i know you know God damn i'm it. a sucker i know that i am oh me too but anyway i feel very not bad but I feel for the younger generation I feel like it must be very very difficult to navigate that world and know the difference mental health wise between just like real and fake and not comparing yourself or your life to other people and all of that shit so guys if that's you I don't know I think it's more I think social media definitely makes it more pervasive in the sense of like it's in your face like if you want to go looking for it you can totally go looking for it whereas I feel like for us pre- Facebook, it was just like flipping through a magazine and like yes. looking at like perfectly airbrushed pictures. Yes. But, you know, or like someone's away message would be like hanging out with so and so. Oh my like, God. Why didn't they invite me? Yes. <laughs> the worst. Or it's like weird. I feel like I hear people talking about like, oh, like my alter ego Instagram. Like this is not like me. Yes. This is like my life that I've curated. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, what? Are, this is going to make me sound old, but I'm like, well, what? what is that? Like what is curated life in real life? Like, yeah, honestly. Like where do you yeah. draw the line? Because everybody's a brand now, which I guess is the problem is if you're constantly trying to sell yourself, then that's like got to be a mental fuck, right? Got to be. Yeah. But sell yourself to who? Exactly. That is yourself. the question. I, I feel like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's yourself. Mm-hmm. You're trying to convince Fucking yourself. weird. It's really You're weird. absolutely right. The other day, <laughs> the other day I was trying something on and I was like, girl, stop sucking in your stomach. You're literally not tricking anybody but yourself. The rest <laughs> of the world sees your gut as soon as you leave this mirror. Like, who are oh you trying God. to trick right now? But, <laughs> but it's the truth, right? It's like, you're absolutely right. You're not tricking anybody but yourself with all that bullshit. At least you know not, what, not as elder millennials. You're right. To girl. each their own. I always say, like, you do you. Like, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel happy and, like, be able totally. to sleep sleep at night and look at yourself <laughs> in the mirror. You know? Right. Like, I have a question. So now, I know you're talking about, like, in Korea, but for Asian Americans currently, do you feel like 
the conversation between like parents and kids has shifted at all because of kids growing up here, seeing shit on social media, knowing that there's more to life than becoming, you know, the things that they their parents want them to be or not I really? Think, um, 50-50. I mean, granted, I only know from like my close friend group and like what we've discussed. I think it's 50-50. Like I have friends who have gone to therapy and have had some discussions with their parents about, you know, whatever it is that they need to talk about. But I think it's like really just based on an individual basis. And even just like, I think because mental health is not at all addressed in Asian communities, like I only ended up going to therapy because someone had recommended it to me was like, Hey, like maybe you should go to therapy. And this was like, not my parents. This was like a complete like outside stranger. But you trusted their judgment. That's impressive. I mean, to be honest with you, I I think it was like at first when she had said it, I was super offended because also there is the stigma of like built in of mental health and like talking to someone. And I was like, I'm not fucking crazy. Yeah. I was like, why do I need to talk to somebody? I have my friends to talk for, you know? Obviously now I have a completely different view about therapy now, like now that I've been in therapy for years on and off, at least for me, I think it's like when you recommend therapy to someone, it's like, it's a very delicate, delicate balance of like who you're talking to. And like, are you allowed to say that to somebody? Because I do think it can come off offensive, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not like super close to that person or your like deliveries not that great, totally. you know, like deliveries, yeah. everything. But it was, like, completely random how I started therapy. You know, it's funny because I think, and this is just, like, speaking from my experiences, but I think in the Asian community, you have a lot of, like, suppression of, like, feelings. And I think for me personally, it's made me, like, be a not-so-emotional person or, like, not-so-open and emotional to others. Maybe just, like, my really tight-knit circle of, like, maybe less than five people. Mm-hmm. But like literally I remember going to therapy for the first time and it was basically like me paying someone to just let me cry. Like to this day, for sure, I still absolutely hate crying, like especially in front of people. But I know like I just sometimes you just need to like get it out, you know, and like I just remember probably like the first three months just like sitting in my therapist's chair, like my ass would literally like maybe like hover (laughs) above the couch and it would just literally be like tears streameth down like that man. I probably owe him like boxes of Kleenex. Yeah. No, I'm kind of getting emotional just hearing you say that because it's like, I I have never been to therapy, I should say that. But I remember the moment realizing like, oh, dude, this is why you have a therapist. Two moments. One was realizing like, okay, so this is what's fucked up with you, but why? And I was like, oh, I think that's why people go to therapy. Yeah, so I try to figure out the, but the why. why. And two is when I realized I was going through something really personal and I didn't feel comfortable like talking to parents or talking to friends because... I didn't want them to judge. And it's hard for people to not judge you who love you because they just want the best for you regardless. And so people wanting the best for you, when they hear that you're hurting, they're not going to give you the best advice. They're going to say whatever they need to say to make you feel better because they love you and they want you to feel better. And I was like, oh, this is when you go to therapy and you get an outsider's perspective who will just tell you like non-judgmentally, this is what's going on. Or maybe just think about that. For sure. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And I think sometimes like, I think it's really hard when you're talking to someone who's not like a close friend for them to give you like the cold, hard truth of like, hey, wake up, you know? Yeah. And I think it's less personal when it comes from a source that's not, you know, in your day-to-day life and, like, knows you and is, like, emotionally invested in you, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. Therapy and mental health is something also not spoken about in the black community, which is, I don't know. I mean, especially after this year, man, I realized at one point, I know I've mentioned this probably a couple times at this point, but there was a day, you know, maybe a month or two ago that, I just spent the entire day in bed, like sleeping, like 24 hours. And it was only the next day that I was like, oh, girl, you were depressed. Like, you just. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That is the worst realization, though, when you're like. And it's weird because I feel like when you're depressed, you don't realize it until you get out of it. Yes. I feel like getting into depression, at least for me, it was like slow getting in and slow getting out. Like, it's not like turning the light on and off and it's like, oh, you're depressed. Oh, you're not depressed. Like, it's very. Yes, girl. And this year it was a slow unraveling. And I understood because, you know, obviously what's going on with the cultural revolution and seeing, you know, just so many of like your people getting killed in the street. And then, you know what, just like seeing Mm -hmm. all these things and hearing people discuss with such passion, both sides. Right. And just like working through this whole summer and everything, what have you, I understood. I was like, oh, this is why they're saying, like, black people, check on your <laughs> check on your mental health. Like, take a moment back and check on yourself because this shit is not normal. It's not normal to have all of these emotions going every single day and to see everything that we're seeing. And, yeah, I don't know. It's just like, okay, girl, this is what they mean is, like, you can take a moment and sit in sadness if you want to, or just like absorb all of these things that are going on and not go to work and not talk about fucking 45 for 10, <laughs> for 10 hours a day. <laughs> and like all these terrible things, right? But it's just like such a crazy fucking time, man, for everybody. But I don't know, especially this year, I felt it. I felt like we need to all really be checking in on our mental health and just making sure that we're okay, however that looks. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it also looks different for different people. Like some people do well on therapy. Some people it's also, I think, super hard because it's about fit with your therapist, too. And like sometimes that takes time to like find someone. Mm -hmm. And it's also like not, you know, I don't know about you, but it's like also not super fun trying to like hunt for a therapist and like 
going through your trauma with like three like rehashing it like five times in order to find it's like matchmaking totally. like finding the one you know totally. like that's exhausting like yeah. who wants to do that you yeah. know yeah totally it is fucking exhausting and the other thing that i wanted to mention and i can't speak for you but i can only speak for myself is uh medication like i I'm a psycho by nature, and I love to keep busy, and it's just is like, me and my siblings would always just joke, like, oh, look, there's something sparkly over there, let's all just go and look. And my boyfriend used to call me uh, A to Z, because he'd be like, honey, you will get, no, A to X. He was like, you will get from start A, point A, to point X in a project, won't quite can finish, it, finish it, complete it, and then move on to, like, the next project. So, what's up with that? And it took me a long time to realize and to come to the point of being like, oh my God, you've got ADD. And it's kind of funny, but also how much further in your life can you actually go if you acknowledge this and talk to somebody and like get on some medication? And my mom told me this for years. My mom is a nurse practitioner. And for years, she was like, you know, you don't have to deal with this on your own. Like, there's things that you can do. And I was like, mom, I'm a hippie. It's fine. Let me just get some B complex <laughs> and some vitamin D and I'm gonna be fine. And that did work for a little bit. But now looking at my life today, two years after like starting medication and just seeing how much it's like just inclined, just how much better everything is getting. I don't know, I just kind of felt like I need to like shout out being on the right meds, especially as a black girl, because we don't really talk about that in this community. So if you need to, therapy or medication, whatever you have to do to get your mind right, yes, just got to do it. For sure. I've also, it's interesting because I think with, you know, mental health, I think it's like mental health month. I thought so yes, too, no. and I looked it up, but it isn't. It's not? Okay. <laughs> well, well we I have it. <laughs> Let's just, just. This it is, is mental it's health the month, month before election, girl. It's mental, mental health, health month. month. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, yeah, definitely. I had the TV on, and they were talking to a girl. I was watching Tamara Hall. Yes. So I was watching her, and she was interviewing a girl who was bipolar, and she was talking about, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, like, yeah, she goes to therapy, but finding the right medication and how tough and challenging that can be and how it's, like, hell when you're going through it. But then, like, once you find kind of, like, what works for you, mm-hmm. then it's you know, like you have your life back, totally. you know, and I think both scenarios are hard when you're dealing with like finding the right therapist, finding the right medication, like it's a crapshoot. A hundred percent. And especially because of all of the stigma that's around it, right? It's like, you can't, I only have one other friend who like a woman of color that we openly speak about our ADD and being medicated. One of like all the black people I'd be talking to all the time. And I love her for that. And I'm like, thank you so much for speaking openly about this. Like, I've never been able to say to somebody, girl, you just walk in circles sometimes. <laughs> just like, go from room to room, walking in circles, because your mind's all fucked. She's like, yeah, girl, me too. Me too, that happens all the time. But it's like, it makes such a difference just knowing, all right, it's not just me. It's not just me. And I can talk to people to get through this and to figure it out together. And I'm not a weirdo or totally. a freak or anything. No. With that being said, it took me a while to find the right combination of psychiatrist and medication. So when I found the right psychiatrist, I was like, oh, oh, you want to talk to me? Like, you want to know about how my month went and how everything is going? <laughs> All right, girl, let's talk. Okay, but can we also talk about how expensive it is if you want good... Yes. Ther- like a good therapist, a good psychiatrist, a good whatever yes, good medicine like, good everything you are usually not accepting insurance yeah like 
I just want to put that out there that my experience has been, if you are a good therapist, you do not take insurance. You mm-hmm. don't in, and for some weird reason, it's like in New York city, it's like, you don't need to take insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. we're all fucked up first of all. So the best, <laughs> the best in New York city often for, in any um, specialty of, Medicine. Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the alternative, because Lord knows I was looking, like, how else can I figure out how to pay for this? But the alternative is going and sitting in, like, a clinic and just, like, having, you know, a whatever come in and just, like, check off your paperwork and write you another script. And then it's, you know, whatever it costs, not $200. But if you want somebody to give a shit about you, you got to pay money. It's really... It's fucked. It's really what, fucked. It's really a hot mess. What it's that saying? Money walks, shit talks. <laughs> money walks shit. shit talks what does that mean it's like very applicable in like a lot of situations like you know like if you're like looking for a job it's like you will go where the money is yes. or like even in yes. this case where it's like looking for a good therapist it's like it will cost you yeah yeah because they've got to give a shit it's like finding a good bikini waxer you know, you got to give a shit about waxing vaginas to do a good Listen, wax. it's about finding someone who can do good brows. Hello, me. Do you know? I, little did I know that I was walking around with fucking shitty brows for like <laughs> basically all of my life. I mean, to be honest with you, I did the oh same God, until funny. I went to Parsons and my friend Christine Dow showed me the way. She was like, I'm done looking at these McDonald's arches, dude. Like, let's <laughs> fix this. So... Somebody's got to show you, especially for brows, oh my gosh. man. It's really funny because I've been Marie Kondoing during this COVID period, um, which has been interesting because I think during COVID, and I've shared this with you, where I feel like given all things, I've been on like a really good spiritual and like emotional journey of like unpacking shit and like whatever. And I think the physical representation of that is like, I had moths in my closet and literally needed to just fucking (laughs) empty out my closet, get slammed with like a fucking insane dry cleaning bill. But so it's forced me to Marie Kondo, which I think has been like a great, I don't know, like physical representation of like getting rid of like all that emotional shit. But it's also made me like look back on like old hard drives and look at pictures and literally Marie Kondoing like. Digitally and everything. I'm like (laughs) shedding shit. Anyways, I've literally looked back on a decade's worth of brows, and it's safe to say, holy, mind blown, mind blown. (laughs) Like, I can't even tell you how many phases I think I went through. Like, there was like the super skinny brow. There was the like, I I don't, I don't even know. Like, just the sperm brow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bad, bad, bad. But now you're here. Now you're in fabulosity, girl. Agree, agree. I should. I. You know what? No regrets. You know. <laughs> no regrets. No I love regrets. It, because now you. Can, I was living my life. You know That's what I hilarious. mean. And now you can look and be like, "Damn, bitch, you came a long way." Sometimes you got to see how bad it was so we can move forward. Amen. Beauty treatments Amen. help with mental health. Do you want to do a couple of I didn't know then, but I'm older now? Sure. And maybe one milk with your dinner since you're Asian and I know that we've been talking about your dating life recently. Oh my God. If yeah. you have one. Um, so this one's going to be like, thank God that my parents are immigrants and will never listen to this podcast. I'm pretty sure they would be fucking mortified and would disown me a hundred percent. Nobody but tell listen, the chons. Um, 
This is for, so what I didn't know, so I was very naive and thinking in, and this is a just disclaimer, not at my current place of employment. Okay. <laughs> That's the disclaimer. <laughs> this is not at my current place of em- employment, but so I was sleeping with somebody at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and scandalous. <laughs> Oh, 100%. And so let me clarify by saying that this person was not someone that I reported into at all. We did not even work in the same anything, like division, brand, whatever. But fact of the matter is, is I was sleeping with somebody at work. And I remember telling one of, at the same time, this guy that I was casually hooking up with on the side. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was an older, wait, he was an older gentleman. He was divorced and had a kid. Honestly, very wise at that. In my young, I think like 26 to 27 year old self, he was old because he was like, I think maybe 35, between 35 or 37, which I am now a year away from being 34. But like an older gentleman. He was, he was older for me, but he was very wise. And we were like shooting the shit, talking about it at a bar one day. And he just like straight up just bitch slapped me in the face and was like, no, not literally. Like, oh my with, God, like, my his, God. like with his advice, with his with okay. his old man like life advice. Okay. He was like, "Bitch." He didn't say bitch. He was like, "Listen." He's like sleeping with someone at work will never help you. It will only ever harm you. Mm-hmm. So, like to anybody, like a don't shit where you eat situation, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And like, look. I love women, but like women can be mean to each other. Mm-hmm. And for this, it was like there was a lot of like just like fucking shit talking and gossiping and like mm-hmm. whatever. So if I could go back, I would slap myself in the face and say, listen to this older gentleman Keep who is who I assumed was 55 plus because you called him an older <laughs> gentleman. <laughs> because he knows what he's talking about. Oh, I love it. Also, yeah. that sounds like a terrible. Yeah, the shit you know hot. in your thirties that you didn't know in your twenties. It's 20s. true. It sounds hot. I get it. It sounds like it'd be hot to sleep with somebody at work. Like, oh my god, you know, like yeah. the copier room, whatever. Yeah. No, mm. in my thirty-four-year-old mm. body, girl, that's trouble. I tell this to anybody young and impressionable that I can tell. Yes, who, it's great. Who will don't listen? Fuck I'm like, don't like. Yes. There are so many other people. Yes. Like, do not do it at work. Don't. Okay, that's great advice. That is really good advice. That might be some of the best that we've gotten on the show. It's practical, and more bitches yes. need to be telling other bitches not to, not to like, sleep listen, with people at work. I, I had to, like, touch the fucking stove and burn my hand in order to learn. Yes. So take it from someone who's, like, actually lived through it that it's not – it always seems like a good idea, but it's not. Also, were you sleeping with this older gentleman telling him about the other gentleman that you were sleeping with at work? Oh, 100%. A <laughs> 100%. And he's like, listen, honey, sleep with whoever you want. I love Don't it. Don't fucking Oh, my gosh. <laughs> to be honest with you, I have very fond memories of this gentleman. Not in, like, a regret way or, like, I would want to, like, go back and revisit or whatever. I feel like... Not to diss men, like all men out there, because there are good men out there, my brother being one of them. But like, I just feel like sometimes chivalry is missing. And this man was like, had it down to the nine. This 37 year old was putting his coat over the fucking puddles. Puddles. (laughs) What you cross the street. A hundred percent. Like, 
That's why he felt so much older. Because he was acting like a man. Yes. Yes. Um, Funny side tangent story here. So he was like older, obviously like more established in his career. Definitely like made it rain for himself, I'm sure. Which, (laughs) listen, I'm all for female like empowerment and like pulling my own a hundred percent. But I'm just saying like now that I'm older and wiser, this is my other like regret (laughs) advice. Okay. You guys, just you know, she leaned into that one. She's leaning in right now. Because I really, if I could go back in time and also stop myself for this, I would. So because I'm like, so like for female empowerment and like, I can pull my own weight and like make my own money and like independent woman, like whatever, whatever. Yes. I would go on dates and fucking pay for shit, which I don't think that there's anything wrong when you've been in a relationship with a man and gone on like at least this might be pushing it, but like a dozen dates. Yeah. But like back then, stupid old me was just like paying for shit. Look, I get it. Money is funny. (laughs) I like all these things. Money is funny. It is. You know, I'm probably generalizing, but like Europeans like love to go like Dutch 50-50, you know, whatever the cultural customs are, money is funny. But Mm -mm, I don't like that shit. I just feel like I don't. (laughs) You put your money where your mouth is. Mm -hmm. And if you are dating or courting a girl and you are enjoying your time, be a gentleman and pick up the check. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So isn't it so still was- a statistic that men make more than women? Yes. So- exactly. 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 Girl, I agree 100%. 100%. And you know I'm the biggest, like, men ain't shit about all this stuff. 100%. However, I feel like you're absolutely right. It's like, you are courting me. You are showing me all the reasons as to why I should give a shit about you. Right now, if and you're not- I. You I also feel like what for the fuck men. I give a shit about you for because you said sorry, girl, but you said it perfectly. You are taking care of yourself. You got a job. You're good looking. You got your own apartment. What the fuck do I need you for if you're not going to pay for dinner? Sorry. Um. For fucking also real. on that. For, for also real. on that note, it's like I feel like men take money very personally, and if they can't even use their money that they've earned to take you out, boy, bye. <laughs> You can agree or disagree, but yeah. in my in my experience, yeah. like you put your money where your mouth is, which <laughs> is my other like little piece of advice. Going on to this nice gentleman, shout out Brian. Won't say your last name <laughs> in case Brian. someone you know is listening. You are the um, best. Nice older gentleman. Brian was the best. The best. One night, little storytelling time. I was out with him and like a fucking hot mess, like 20 year old, like just didn't have any ID on me. And we were like, we were like going around from like bar to bar and like trying to bar hop, but obviously like no ID, no entrance. Yeah. (laughs) Been there, girl. But Brian being the gentleman that he is would literally take, like, wouldn't even say anything to me, just, like, took the bouncer aside, obviously, like, shoved some cash into his hand, and then all of a sudden, it was like, here you go, come in, and what I appreciate about that is, one, he never made it known to me, never said a word about what he was doing, two, I feel like some guys would be like, oh, I just paid the bouncer off, we need to stay at this place, no, Mm -hmm. we, like, bar hopped to, like, five different bars, and he never, $200 just for you to get into all these damn places, I like Brian, (laughs) Brian never tried to make me feel like, oh, we need to stay here because I just paid the door guy off and like whatever, whatever. He was just like went with it. 
Thank so, you, Brian. Thank you, Brian. And I love all of this advice for 20-year-olds <laughs> that we're giving today. Find yourself an older gentleman. An older preferably gentleman. Preferably under 50. Maybe divorced. Maybe. maybe has a kid. Maybe. <laughs> Certainly has some real dollar bills in his pockets to be paying people. You can't be Venmoing your way into a bar, people. You need to have some real cash. You know what? That's a very good point. Is like cash is a very like old, like uh, old fashioned concept now. Why you'd think he was fifty five plus? He probably was. Brian's hot. Brian, give us a call. Brian just looks good for his age. Turns out. Maybe I'll, like, stalk him after all of this. Yeah. Give us an update. update. Oh, no. No, 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 no. (laughs) What's in the past stays in the past. Girl, you're not wrong about that. He served a purpose and time in my life, and that time is over. Well, yeah, now you're passing that on to all the, what are they, Gen Zers that are tuning in? Listen, for everybody. For everybody, you're right. For everybody, for everybody. everybody. Girl, you write about that. don't, Don't sleep with anybody at work and let the guy pay. It does not make you less of a woman or a feminist if the guy pays no it makes you a smart hoe take <laughs> definitely yes take that savings and put it in your accounts do not put th- it in your 401k yeah. yes open bro. up a brokerage account something buy some stocks yes. invest do something with it i love it i like great advice. advice i love it liz chan thank you so much for blessing us today with your beautiful face and that's best. it you're the best this is our uh, milk with your dinner milk with your dinner so actually an asian client of ours she asian i'm sorry this this is one of my favorite stories ever. This is pre-COVID. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I hope so. This is pre-COVID. And she and I know she's Korean because she actually also works in Korean beauty and is in product development. And I wonder if you guys know each other. But I wonder she too. came in one day and was like, and had been to Korea for like maybe six months. <gasps> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, do you know, Elizabeth? She doesn't have an English accent. She's, her friend she's, does. Her she friend does. So yes. she's like, do you know, Elizabeth? Oh my God, is this going to get it hard? <laughs> she's like a friend of mine. A gay British man, and he's Indian also, which is why this is milk with your dinner. An English gay British man said, you know, what I know that men need, a cock cream. A <laughs> cock cream? Like, for what purpose, though? Like, to, like, like an, an anti-aging. Like, 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 an anti- yeah, like No, not lube. Like, an yeah, anti-aging like, cock cream. Yeah. Like, for your... Like, to make your cock see, I see your nice. face because now you're thinking like maybe this is a thing. When she first said it, I was like, "That's absurd," because I was thinking lube also. But then I was like, "Do you know what? It a could man's be a cock- thing. It could be a thing. You know, they don't moisturize." Do you know what I learned, like within the past year, is that men can get fillers injected into their. I did know this. I did not know that. Yeah. Yes, to make it girthy. No. What the fuck? Yeah. Yes. I've never heard that. Yes. That Appar- dick appar- needs a cock cream. Yeah. If you're Ex- going to spend that much exactly money, exactly where my thought was cream. going. Yes. I feel bad. You can't this. steal this idea for Target. Don't tell Target about... Target is definitely not like, hmm, want to sell cream Maybe, for girl. Cocks. They might call it a Johnson cream. No, no, she's telling she's telling us right now. She's like, it's not for it's not for us. It's fine. I don't I don't think so. But, but I am not the decision maker at, at B. So look, Southeast Asian and Asian people, men, women who are married to Southeast Asian and Asian men, let us know 
if you think your man needs a cock cream. Because cock cream is my favorite. It's just my favorite combination of words that I ever heard in my life. I was crying laughing so hard. I mean, you have a little bit of alliteration going on there. Do you know what I mean? The double C's. You could just on code call it. You could call it on... Which is also C-C Coco cream? Chanel. That's what I'm also, saying. Do you see all the... You could also low-key call it like C-squared. If you want yes. to be like low-key about it. C-squared. That's very manly also. Not to say that STEM is only for men. Do you I know just what had I mean? a vision of what the box looks like. Guys, we, have to we are this. on to this. When you're ready to not tell Target what you're doing on the side, let's, let's, make, cock let's make the cock cream. <laughs> we got to make all it. these cocks look good forever because we're, I mean, at least... My old man. I'm going to have to be with him for a while. I mean, that thing looks look nice. I got to be honest. I don't <laughs> care about how youthful it's looking. Just please work. Yeah. You know? You're right. And if it doesn't work, ain't no shame in the little Just pill popping. Well, that's what I'm saying is if you already have Viagra, it's like a combination. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's Actually, like you get, you get the Viagra, a discount. You get the it's Viagra. like an easy sell-in. <laughs> it's like an It'd easy be a good sell-in. idea for Viagra, probably. I'm just saying, if you're caring that much about your dick, you if really want to make it. you're filling it with fillers. Or fillers. You definitely want some cream. We're talking not to our demographic at, at all. Oh, you know what else would be interesting with like the cock cream? You know how they do like lip plumpers for women with like yes, the or men, but it's like burning. Yes, it's like the snake. You could venom. maybe do the same thing in a cock cream. Yes, to stimulate. Except for, I don't know if you yes. want it to burn. You probably don't want it to burn down there, but just you know, just a thought. Like a throbbing though. It's not like a burn. It's like a throbbing. Cool. You know, this is not, I don't have a cock, so I don't know how it feels, but I imagine once the blood rushes there, there's a throbbing, maybe stinging action. Probably not I burning. Don't think it I, I don't know. I would think that it's like, it wait, have you guys ever used those condoms that are like warming? Yes, those no. are stingy. I find those, that's what I think too, yeah. and I think that's what it would feel like for them down there. Stingy is stimulating. You girls, the three of us, we are on to something right here. Stand by. Anyone listening, don't steal this fantastic idea. Oh, don't you steal this fucking idea. (laughs) We might have to bleep it out so nobody can hear it. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. All right, Liz Chan, thank you so much for hanging with us today. It was so nice chatting with you. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode and our chat with Liz. I have to say, Liz, that was a great episode, but Homegirl was holding back. Liz is hilarious. And I think at the end, you started to hear a little bit more about her personality and how funny she is. And I appreciate her coming on and being very, like, you know, somber and talking to us about this serious. Very candid. Very candid issue. However, I can't wait to have her back on to just laugh and joke and um, share with us her dick diaries. <gasps> Can't wait for dick diaries, dick diaries with, Liz. with Liz. This is going to be fantastic. Aww. Yes. And let us know what you guys think about our new mini-sode slash like beauty school format. We're trying to figure out what works best for you guys, like trying to yeah. figure out what gives you the most information and, of course, what makes you laugh the most. I mean, because we're really just here to be entertained. We're here to entertain you guys. You guys are here to <laughs> this be entertained. Bitch. You guys come here to be entertained, I think, and I hope. So yes. we want to hear from you. 
Yes. Let us know what you're liking. Um, if you have any good dick diaries that you'd like to write into us about. Yes. Send us your dick diaries. We hear all about everything. Oh, my God. All of our clients studio, tell yes. us crazy stories, yes. especially right now, dating during COVID times. Yes. Very interesting. Very interesting. And online dating, which, like, I don't think... I've never online dated. Have you ever online dated? No, I no. missed that kind we of... We are old-ass aunties that have been wiped up. So yeah. we want to hear all of your stories. <gasps> yeah, I love about it. About online dating, swiping left, swiping right, ghosting, all that shit. All these terms that mean nothing <laughs> to me that I just hear about. We want to hear about the dicks. <laughs> I don't know. I've been seeing the same one for a long time. Tell me about different exactly. ones. Exactly. <laughs> is, there, is there a new feature? Is there an upgrade? Is there an upgrade to penises? So, guys, send us your listener letters. We want to hear about your dick diaries. We want to hear about your milk with your dinners. We want to hear about your I didn't know them, but I'm older now. I'm so laughing. Is there a dick upgrade? Is there a new feature? There's a new feature. I'm going to trade mine in. You know, things have changed. I told you. I just got a new MacBook Pro. I was shocked to be thrown into the future. Thrust. So who knows? Maybe there's some. I'm gonna pee myself. I mean, what would the superpower be for the millennial dick to not eat pussy? That's the millennial dick superpower. To not eat pussy? Yeah, that's what I hear is happening out there. Oh, I've been hearing this a lot. That's what I'm saying. So yeah, that I'm is, not into that. That is the upgraded feature. It's not impressive. Yeah, no. Tell us the, if the upgraded feature is that um, I don't know. There's a helicopter. <laughs> Go get helicopter arms. Yeah, we need to know. Tell us what the, um, the youngsters are doing in the bed sheets. Tell us what you're doing in the bed sheets, guys. <laughs> Write us at truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we can't wait to hear from you. And that's it. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.